Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. We are going to look at chapter 23 of Exodus, verse 5. The reason I'm not going to give you the sheet yet is because I want you to first look at the verse and then I want you to tell me what you think about this verse. So we are going to... There's a there's a lot of stuff that happens in this parsha around animals, and as I mentioned when I introduced the parsha, I said that a lot of it is very practical, right? If an if an animal falls into a pit, what do you do? If an animal gores another either person or another animal, what do you do? If you lose an animal, what do you do? It's very practical, and and you know we we can understand the reasons that the Torah might be laying these things out for us, both in terms of property, but also just in terms of the way in which we interact with human beings. So we're going to look at chapter 23, verse 5. And I was very curious about this particular verse because it doesn't just talk about the animal. It also talks about the person. So I'm going to read the verse, and then I would love to hear your your kushiot, your questions. Um, Rami Machapiro is here, and in our Parsha class, he's waving for all, and I don't know what he's doing, actually. We, in our Parsha class, we, hello. Um, in our Parsha class, we start off by, do, by reading the verse and then asking for kushiot that hopefully will be answered by the commentator. So maybe even Rabbi Machapiro will have a kushiot. We'll see. Um, here... <laughs> It's going to go hide now so he doesn't have to have one. Here's the verse. Ki amor sonecha, sonacha, excuse me, rovetz tachat masa'an, sorry, it's very hard to see if it's this far away from my face, masa'o vechadalta me'azovlo, azov to azov imo. Okay, so when or if or when you happen upon a donkey, that a donkey of your enemy, excuse me, that's very important, that has now somehow ended up lying under its burden, that which it was holding, and you would refrain from raising it up, right? Meaning you would somehow come to see this happen, but you would walk by, whether it's because you don't think you could be helpful or because you see others being helpful or maybe it just doesn't look like that big of a situation and you would walk by. Azov to azov imo. You cannot, you, let me translate the way it's here. You must raise up the, the animal with your enemy. Emo is with him. So the, the owner of the animal, the, the enemy of yours. So you come across an animal. He is underneath some kind of burden that has, that he's brought with him. He is owned by someone who you do not like. And now what the Torah is telling you is you can't just walk by this. In fact, you must, of course, you must surely pick up this burden with your enemy. So what are your kushiot on this, on this verse? What are your questions on what's happening in this verse? Gary, why do you want to help your enemy? Great. Why is the Torah very specifically saying to help your enemy? Other kushiot? Sue? Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
That's, that's, that's very good. So what Sue just pointed out is that it doesn't actually say that the enemy is right there. It just says that you know that this animal is owned by the enemy. So what she said was, do you go and find your enemy? Do you go in and, you know, make sure that your enemy is there for this process with you, BJ? Yeah. Yeah. Great. So is this for the animal's sake? I'll say it that way. Or is this some kind of reconciliation with your enemy to do something with the person who, who you don't particularly enjoy helping? Deb. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. So what Deborah's saying is that it, because it says emo, it does seem to apply. And this goes back to what Sue was saying. Do you go and then get the enemy if he's not right there or she is not right there? Or is this, is this now implying that, of course, the person is there because you need to do this act with him or with him specifically here, but with your enemy? Marshall. Yeah. Right. Mm. Okay, great. So before you go to your second thought, let me just reiterate this, the first thought. So Naha is not just someone who you don't like or who doesn't like you, but your enemy, someone who has done potentially something harmful to you, and now you're going to go out of your way to do something good for him. The second point you were going to make? Yeah, we're going to get there. Good. Yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. So Marshall's asking and then gave a bunch of examples, um, which made me think of the the scene in Les Mis when, you know, he lifts up the, lifts up the burden and they don't know who he is. Um, why does it not just say lift him up, right? What is this word Azov doing here? Azov can have a few different meanings. We're going to get to how the rabbis are translating this particular word, but why Azov? Why, why is that the word that's being used here? Rabbi Singer Franks. Yeah. Great. 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 So what, what does enemy mean here? Is it my enemy? Is it an enemy of God? Is it an enemy of my people? What does it mean for this person in front of me to be my enemy? Sima? Okay. So why does it matter that, that this animal even belongs to your enemy, right? Why is a Torah going out of her way to express to us that this animal is not just an animal in need of help, but owned by your enemy? Larry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Great. Great. So I'm not going to be able to reiterate every single thing that Larry just said, but he was commenting that in the verses beforehand, there are different words for people who might be opposite us, whether that's opposite us in terms of how we enjoy them or opposite us in, in whether they're our enemy or, or someone that we work closely with. Rabbi Shapiro and I spoke about verse two. <laughs> Hello, he's waving again. Um, spoke about verse two in our Parsha class, this idea that you would, that, that you wouldn't want to see somebody who is, uh, who is known to be against you and not do something to help them. So here, the word sonacha, what, what is that doing for the meaning of this person who owns this animal? And how does it help us understand that which we should be doing to, to either care for the person or for the animal? Okay, one, two, three, four, and then we're going to go on. Sue, you were first. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Sue just quoted the movie Encanto, and I haven't seen it. I'm really sorry. I'll get on that. Yeah. Great. So this is a big burden. This isn't just moving a stumbling block out of the way of the blind, though, though someone could say that that's actually a really big deal, right? This is, this is a heavy burden. This is something that you actually might not physically even be able, be able to do. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. 
So emo, the question was, do we know what emo means? Emo here seems to mean, at least from our, at least from the rabbis, emo seems to mean that, that you're working together with this other person. But you're correct that you could read it, that the animal should also be able to help you. Hi, Rafi. <laughs> that, that the animal should also be helping you in lifting up the, the, the load that has then fallen upon him. Brant, I think you were third. Okay, yeah. So what Brant is pointing out is that the, this term is loaded in many different ways because of how it's used throughout the Torah. I think that I, it's a lovely drosh. I'm not going to go there mostly because I, I'm not going to focus so much on um, on kind of the, the weight of the word, but it is important to know that the word enemy or... Or the, or the word of someone who's against you is used very often with harsh consequences. So the fact that here we are using it as a way of creating relationship is actually a very powerful, a very powerful message. Gary, I think you were the last one. Okay, someone else said it. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna go to some of these commentators here. So, as, as I do on occasion, I gave you many more commentaries than we're actually going to get to, but I, but I wanted you to see them because I think it's a, they're, they are all very interesting interpretations of this verse. I'm just going to point out my own kushia, which many of you kind of hit upon in, in your, um, in your questions and in your comments. To me, it is extremely poignant that our Torah is telling us, telling us not just to not walk by this, what's, what everything that's happening, but to help somebody who you wouldn't think to help. It's not easy when you don't like someone to go out of your way to do something that's going to show them favor, right? It could be someone that you don't like for, for very good reason. It could be someone you just happen to be very annoyed with in the moment so the, the, the scale of dislike doesn't really matter. It's hard to do something good for a person when your whole heart is not towards them, right? You, you just might, I don't know, a person might just irk you the wrong way and you're, you're not going to ask them to come over for dinner, right? Or you might see somebody out and you might not want to say hello because you know that that conversation is going to be so long and you don't really want to get into it, right? That that is human nature. And so what the Torah is pointing out here is not only would it be bad for you to walk by this situation, whether for the animal's sake or for the person's sake, but it also needs to be something that we as humans take a little bit of extra effort to say, you know what, this is a person in need and I need to help them no matter how I feel about them. So that was my, that was the reason that I was interested in this verse. So let's look at what Rashi says. This is going to get to the Azov question. The root Ein Zain Vet has here the meaning of helping, like to, to help someone out. It has a similar meaning in Deuteronomy. It's not here in the Hebrew. I'm sorry to say, but you can look it up. It's 32 verse 36, assisted and helped Azov. Oh, it is here. Sorry. Vechen Atsur Vazuv. Similar also in Nehemiah, Vayazovu, Jerusalem up, up to the wall, right? This is, that's a different, a different part. It's in, um, it's in Nach, it's not in the Torah. They filled it up with earth in order to help and to support the strength of the wall. So what Rashi's, Rashi is sometimes a, a, a dictionary for us. And what Rashi's doing here is he's saying, this doesn't mean to leave the donkey or the person alone. This means to actually help out, to do, to go one step further and we know that that's the case because of these two other sources. 
Okay, not much to say about that other than he defined it for us in this way. He then goes on to say, Azov ta'azov imo, you shall surely help him to unload the burden, right? To unload that which fell upon him. Unclus also translate it in this sense. You shall not keep back from taking the load off of it, right? So this is similar to what I said just a moment ago, which is you shouldn't even, you shouldn't even think to not help, right? Your first instinct should be, oh, this is something I need to do to help out this person, to help out this neighbor. So I'm going to unload their burden. Okay, Chizkuni, we're kind of going in order of centuries from when these people lived. I didn't really mean for that to happen, but we're now in the 13th century with Chizkuni. And he says, he actually translates this um, a little bit differently. He says, V'chadalta me'ezov lo, me'ezov lo, sorry, he was a hard thing for me this morning. Me'ezov lo means, and you feel like refraining from raising it. So again, the human nature of you to say, I don't really like that person, so I'm not going to help them. What Chizkuni goes on to say is, you are warned not to remain inactive when faced with the animal's distress, even if its owner is your enemy. This is also the way that Unclus understands the word lo, seeing that he describes the Torah as reflecting the first reaction of the finder here, being that he is not called upon to do for his enemy's property what he himself has failed to do, but that he at least has to assist him. The interpretation also hints at Rashi's commentary in a different part of our Torah, where he emphasizes that one's enemy is exempt from the commandment to love your fellow man as yourself. So, First of all, exempt is a very interesting word. And if you ever want to hear me go on a rant about exemption, we should talk about female meets vote. But exempt doesn't mean that you cannot do it and doesn't mean that you have to do it. It means that if you don't do it, there's no punishment. You're exempt from it. So just to give you an example, though I won't get on the soapbox, a woman is exempt from certain meets vote. That doesn't mean that she can't do them. That's my soapbox. I'll hop off. But what, what we're getting at here is that your enemy is exempt from, doesn't mean that he or she cannot or that they shouldn't, but they're exempt from the commandment of loving your fellow as yourself. Probably because it's really hard. If there are people in your life that you have absolutely no care for, for whatever reason, again, maybe it's for good reason, maybe it's just a petty thing, you have no need to love them as yourself. Cindy. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Great. So Cindy's pointing out that there is a part of our Torah that talks about, and and just in, in general life, that talks about how a child should not bear that which their parent has done because the child had, had no way of knowing what what action the parent was going to take and how that was going to have an impact on them. And so to hear that an animal really has no way of relieving themselves from this, from this burden without the help of someone around. So don't take it out on the animal recognize, okay, the human is my, is my enemy, but I'm going to help this animal because if I don't help this animal, the animal is going to suffer. And so I have to put my, feelings, my thoughts, my um, dislike aside for the person and recognize this is something important for me to do just as a good godly being for, for the animal. Okay. Um, 
Okay, go to the Tur Haruch on the bottom here. Uh, actually, the next Chizkuni, Cindy speaks to what you just said. So I'm not, I'm not going to read it, but you should read it. Um, the Tur Haruch said here, you would refrain from assisting him. And this is a veiled warning that you must not dare abandon the person to their problems just because the owner of the beast has a record of being hostile to you. So again, this is, this is picking up on the fact that we as humans have a tendency to hold on to things, but also to imagine that someone else is going to take care of it. If I don't have any care for this person, I don't have to take care of it. Okay, turn the page over. We're going to do a little Gemara here, and then we're going to do a little uh, Chassidut so that Rabbi Shapiro has something to say to me later. In the Bava Metzia, uh, in Bava Metzia, in the Talmud, the Mishnah teaches here, there's a mitzvah by Torah law to unload a burden, but there is no mitzvah to load it. This is really interesting, right? If someone needs help loading the, I don't know, wagon that this animal was carrying, there's no mitzvah to do that. But back to Cindy's point, there is a mitzvah to unload it because it's not just about the person at this point. Now it's also about the animal. So there's more at stake here. The Gemara asks, what is the meaning of the phrase, but there is no mitzvah to load it? If we say that it means, but there is no mitzvah to load it at all, what is the difference about unloading? With regard to which it is written, you shall release it with him. With regard to loading as well, isn't it written, you shall lift them with him? So there's something, there's some interesting aspect here of the, the intention around the action. So if you are loading, I don't know. Uh, let's bring it to 2022. If you're someone, if you're helping someone load their car because they're going on a, I don't know, road trip, that's not something you're going to necessarily stop to do for somebody who you don't know or somebody who you don't care for. But if they got into a car accident and they needed to take all their stuff out of their car, you might be more willing to help because that's a dire situation. It's not a thing that's just kind. It's something that now is actually helping them to get through a moment that could be difficult for them to to see themselves through. That obviously has nothing to do with a donkey or really the car, but it does have to do with the way in which you're then interacting with this person who you might not know, might not care for, might not, might not like. Okay. Any, co- I'm just looking at the time, so I'm trying to rush a little bit, but any comments? Yes, Sue. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. So Sue's saying that sometimes the loading is what's dire. Good. So it's, it is possible. I would have to read more of the sugiya to know if there, if it goes into specifics, but it is possible that the way in which we're talking about loading and unloading is just whatever's more dire is the thing that you have the mitzvah to do versus the thing that's less dire. So whether or not the actual onboarding or, or, uh, or offlifting is, is the thing I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, okay. We're going to, we're not going to read the Tomer Devorah, but you can read it on your own. We're going to, we're going to do the Shnei Tabrit, which I've really come to enjoy in the past year in this class with Rabbi Shapiro. It's been one of my favorite commentaries to find. So I was, I was lucky that, um, that this was, this was here. Okay. The commandment requiring us to help the owner of an, of an overloaded animal or human being by unloading the excessive load is directed at the natural tendency to ignore the discomfort of our detractors. The Torah demands that we put aside such petty considerations and display empathy with the pain of such a human being. 
that's all I'm going to read of this, but there, there's something very sweet and gentle about this particular commentary here that we, our Torah is really demanding of us that instead of doing the human thing, which is to think, oh, this isn't on me. I don't have to deal with this is to think about the other person and to think, you know, if I was that other person, I would really need the help. I would really want somebody to come and help me unload, offload, release my, my animal from this moment, no matter how they feel about me. I, I want to know that there are people around me who will be able to help. And by the way, though I am sure that everybody in this room loves everybody else at Temple Beth Am, that's what it means to be in community, right? We don't decide which shivas to go to based on who we like most. We go to be supportive and to be loving because we're in community and being in community means being supportive such that when we are in, in need or in times of requesting or, uh, or soliciting support that we can get it back from anybody. So this last piece here, and this is what I'm going to leave you with. Um, Okay, says, you must not see the donkey of your brother crouching under his burden, that a person that busies themselves with the issues and businesses of this world, behold, this world is like a burden for them, and they crouch under its burden. And the text says, you must not ignore. So the only thing that I'll add to this that that is like a drosh on everything that we've spoken about so far is that I don't think that this is just about a donkey and just about a person. And I also don't think it's about a car that you're loading for a road trip. I think it's about humans. And I think it's about dealing with people, even in moments that you don't want to necessarily deal with them. Because we never know what someone else is going through. And you might be having a really bad day. And they might look like they're not having a really bad day. But they might be going through something really terrible. And you just don't know. And so we have to stop and we have to ask and we have to wonder and we have to be those people who help unload those burdens, whether we can see them or not. Because what the Torah is saying is don't just walk by and say, hi, how are you? Good. I'm fine. Thanks. Have a great day, which we all do. By the way, I will probably do it 20 times before I leave this field today. We all do it. And that's not because you don't care about the people, but it's because sometimes you don't think to take the time to take the time to really wonder what it is that someone else might be going through and how you can help unload with or for them. So I hope that we can all take this into consideration. There are many other laws from this week's Parsha, but I believe that you don't just have to be in front of your enemy or in front of somebody who you don't like to really take the time to consider what is it that I could be doing to help someone unload, to help someone raise themselves up from under a burden. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.